the simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. Listening to the Baked in Science podcast. Welcome to Baked in Science. I am your host, Lynn Carson, CEO of Bakerpedia, the world's largest online resource for the baking industry. I am at the EBA show in Munich, and I'm gathering a few innovators to talk about what's baking in their neck of the woods. From steam donuts and hydration mixing to cutting down your cooling time to three minutes, and a new kind of fiber that tastes like chocolate, smell like chocolate. Wait, can it be true? Well, you'll just have to hear it for yourself. Now, as you know, Bakerpedia can't happen without sponsors. So before we start, I would like to do a shout out to Bakery Concepts International and Parados for sponsoring this episode. To start this episode, I have Oita Smith from Mastec and Xavier Tavern from Parados with a radically new innovation. Today we have Oit and Xavier. Uh, we are actually going to talk about steamed donuts, right guys? That's right, yeah. So, um, steamed donuts. Why steamed donuts? Well, the donut is a very nice and mostly Instagrammed bakery product of the, of the world. Especially young people like this product format. But we learned that this product is very unhealthy. Right. contains a lot of fat. Correct. So we've started a development together with uh, Piratos. We are company Mazdar, Japanese company specialized in steaming. Oh, cool. And Piratos is specialized in mixes and ingredients. Correct. So, so let me ask you, Oita, um, what do you do at Mazdaq? I'm the managing director of Mazdaq International, who's okay. responsible for sales of the Mazdaq technology in the West, including Europe, Middle East, Russia, and also the Americas. Right, so and you're very knowledgeable about this particular technology. What is it that, um, that's been used in Japan for some time, is so innovative in this part of the world? What markets are you seeing a success with this particular uh, yes. equipment well, of yours. The origin is actually uh, starting in Japan with Tokyo Banana. Tokyo Banana is an iconic product. When people go and visit Tokyo, uh-huh. you will be confronted with the Tokyo Banana. Okay, for Very a lot item. of our listeners who don't know what a Tokyo Banana is, what it exactly is it? It's, it's, it looks like a Twinkie. Oh, but I it's see. Steamed. Okay. And it oh. has a very rich banana filling. Okay. And it contains a lot of banana flavor. Okay. And uh, this product was developed uh, by Mazdaq, actually, because in Japan we have a food factory, but we also have an equipment factory. But in this food factory, we produce the Tokyo banana. And maybe if you are looking on the internet and if you type into in, in, in the Google search you type in Tokyo Banana you will see instantly the range okay. of products so Tokyo Banana was probably the 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 reason why this technology was was born right okay. right right the steaming technology 
is used for cake already for, for, for decades. Yeah. But we thought how to launch this technology in the West. And uh, a Tokyo banana is not that appealing for the Western consumers. Yes, that's true. So we chose the donut as the product format. Oh, I see. To launch the steam technology. But really, this equipment is very versatile in terms of not just donuts, but basically exactly. indulgent dessert exactly. products. Yeah. And instead of frying it, you steam it. Yeah. Um, and in that aspect, you cut the fat by at least 50%. That's right. And um, how, do you, how do you explain the increase in shelf life? Well, if you compare it with frying of donuts, so it's very heat intensive. So the moment the donut is going into the fryer, you have this instant, very strong heat transfer. Correct. And it's destroying the cell structure, actually. So the, the donut is stalling, staling very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, after two to five days, it's very hard. Whereas the right. steaming process, very gentle, to the product right you don't destroy those cell structures so it stays much longer fresh that is so and, interesting uh, it goes up to 15 days shelf life 15 days one five yeah. that's awesome yeah now is there any kind of change in formulation in terms from a regular deep fried donut cake donut to the steamed donuts savior for the yeast donuts you can use the same the same uh, process same, okay. same dough same process that's not a problem all right for the cake donuts uh, we you have to uh, intensify a little bit the the dough because we bake only at 100 degrees so oh. a little bit more to, to have the pressure in the in the in the oven but it's at least it's steam so it's water so uh, we bake only at uh, 100 degrees so we need to adapt it a little bit the the recipes yes so parados has worked with mastac to develop a steamed donut recipe. Yes, because we have uh, in our facilities in, uh, in Belgium, in our HQ, a steam oven from, uh, from Mazdaq. That's oh, why very we, cool. We, that's why we, we work together uh, oh, neat. for a long time. And um, what, as a developer of this particular product, what do you think are the benefits from a steamed donut? It's huge for the, for the healthy, for the... You put less fat instead uh, regular uh, donuts. Yes. You have less sugar in the in the mix as well. Why? Why would you? Because we adapted. We know. We know in Piratos, and it's the way that the customers want. Right. To reduce the fat in our product, to reduce the sugar in oh, our product, okay. to reduce the E number on the on the labeling. So we were the E number as in emulsifiers or or it's, additives. It could, be, it could be. It could be an emulsifier. Uh, okay. Yeah, an additive. So uh, we worked very strongly on the on the on the labeling on our on our product. So that's why when you develop a new a new product, we pay attention on, uh, on that's true all the, on all the all the aspects of we, it. We put in. Um, do you actually um, have a better uh, shelf life without the e products or enzymes? Do you have to label enzymes? Yes, we use enzymes right. to uh, keep our off or textures fresh more longer. Okay. Uh, we use I thought maybe the steam technology would not need enzymes. You still need enzymes in there. We can we can have enzyme in the. But you don't have the, right right in now. In the donuts, no. I don't think not, so. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. I, we can we can I, for the dorayaki, for example. Right. The, 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 
the, the product we present here to, to IBA. We don't have uh, enzymes inside, but we can, oh. depending on the request of our customers. If they want uh, more long chef life, we can uh, help them to, to keep the texture nice. For, uh, well, what, the I, what I thought the system would do was to actually help um, your customer clean up their label by removing enzymes, by removing a lot of the e-products as well. Do you not uh, think that's the case? Yeah, really. would would the yeah. customer be able to simplify the yeah, sure. the ingredient label yeah but for sure we, we need to do that because the consumers yeah. uh, wants to do that that's, more that's the biggest challenge in the they, US right buy. now yeah but it's true absolutely it's true and yeah. in Europe in Europe as well everywhere we 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 saw that it's very important in the in the future we, we need to pay attention on that right um, is there any change to the leavening system for a steamed donut no, we use we use the same limiting uh, agent that we use in the, the dosage is a little bit different. Uh, instead, the uh, normal cake donuts. Okay. The reasons it's the, the, the temperature of the of the baking, but uh, it's it's comparable. It's, it's, it's the, the same. The same. same. Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, okay. Limiting agent. How um how yes. um how affordable is this technology? Like, can a baker just produce a product without investing millions and millions of dollars into equipment? Absolutely, absolutely. We actually have a very cheap entry model. So um, you have uh, just an oven, which is not too big. And in fact, we have this oven already installed at the the test facility of Pirato, so Uh customers can also come over and see it over there. It's a very small unit. And you can produce up to 1,500 donuts per hour in a steamer like that. And if you prove success in the market, then we can scale up production and create a, an automatic, full automatic line. And okay. we can go up to production capacities of like 20,000 pieces per hour. Wow. And you can help with the scale up as well? Absolutely. Awesome. Other than donuts, what... Other product do you have in mind in this? Uh, in the steaming technology? Yeah, correct. For instance, cupcakes. The nice thing about steaming cakes is that you don't have the browning effect, what you have with baking. So you can play with colors very nicely. So you can create orange, pink. That's correct, yeah. All kinds of you different You can really colors. see the colors coming through without the browning. Absolutely. Awesome technology. So you could play with colors in the in the donuts, but also cupcakes or any other product format, right. which we uh, steam bake in a tray. Cool. And you can also do products like moon pies. Yes. Can really, yeah, get the moon pies to be colorful. Sure. That's sure. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So actually we chose the donut because it has a high appeal, let's say, it does. in the West. Everybody knows the product. Yep. But uh, it's only a first idea to launch this technology into the market. And we hope that our customers are being triggered and they try, they, they try to develop their own ideas. That's so true. It's just the first step. Right. Xavier, what kind of feedback have you gotten from this product since you're out here every day demoing? Very good demoing, feedback. Right? Honestly, It's very like good. probably 100% like... Uh, almost, yes. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> okay. It's clear it's, it's not 
really a donut. The, 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 the people expect maybe a old and a fat taste in the, but they like they like the texture, they like the, the moistness. is wonderful. Yes. Baking water, so the the, the, the moistness of the product is very very uh, nice. So uh, no no, really good, really good. Uh, awesome. And if they have more questions, they can reach out to you at Parados to do a testing at your facility. Is that yes, correct? Yes, yes, we have All a lot right. of... Uh, because that's the next step for our listeners is where sure. can I go to get this product tested, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. They have to just fly into Belgium yeah, yeah, yeah. to well, go to I mean, Parados, right? Now we have already decided to place a steamer also in the U.S. Oh, where? So that will be placed in the headquarters of Parados in Pensauken, Philadelphia. Awesome. Well, time yeah. to call me when it's happened so that yeah, I can go see some steamed donuts and in, I can in go... In November, it will be operational. Awesome. That's great. So let's... Well, there's about time where we launch this podcast. So we'll let our listeners know more information by then. Great. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate this. Thank you this. for the interview. Thank you. Let's take a break to showcase ActiveFresh. Active Fresh from Parados has a proven positive effect on cake freshness, like softness, moistness, cohesiveness, and resiliency. The result is a premium quality cake with extended shelf life. For more information, check out Parados at puratos.us today or call 856-428-4300. Up next, the brilliant and funny Dr. Bernard Noel. Okay, tell me a joke about the parrot. <laughs> okay. I gotta let the rest uh, of the team hear this. Uh, a man was buying a parrot and um, the, the parrot was saying bad words to him every time. So he said, shut up. If, if, you, if you continue saying bad words, I bring you back to the pet shop. So the parrot was nice for a long time, but suddenly he starts uh, to say bad words again. So <laughs> he was brought back to the pet shop. The pet shop um, guy said, uh, spoke to the parrot and said, be a nice parrot so you can be live with the man. So, okay, the parrot said, okay, I will do. Uh, but then, after a while, the parrot was bad again and uh, the man had no other choice. He said to the parrot, if you don't stop saying bad words, I stick you in the freezer. <laughs> okay, parrot was nice for a while, but then he started again. So the man opened the fridge, uh, put the, the parrot in the freezer. Oh no. And after half an hour, he opened and the parrot was sitting like this, trembling <laughs> and said, Dr. Noel is shaking right now. I, I just have one question. What did that chicken in there say? <laughs> Good one. Hey, everyone. I have Dr. Bernard Noll on here with me. And we are at EBA. So I saw him and I really have to get him on this podcast because he is actually quite a hilarious man. Um, Dr. Noll, as we know, is the inventor of repeater jet technology and a, a very brilliant mind in this field. Dr. Noel, um, a lot of our, our users know you as, you know, the inventor of RapidoJet. Um, what is the latest devel development with this technology? I just returned from a three-week trip to South Africa. Uh-huh. And we tested different applications in bakeries like toast bread, brown bread. Um, but the last two days, we were in a company 
um, making all kind of different products. So we had a, a plan of testing 20 different products to hydrate uh, from hydrocolloids like xanthan gum, gua gum, uh, locust bean gum, um, and we ended up making mustard. Oh wow! So we hydrated a mustard powder with water. We hydrated. You mean the mustard seeds? Uh, no powder. Powder. We started with powder. Okay. Uh, the powder needs to be activated uh, with water. Okay. To, for the enzymes to react. Oh, I see. And to produce all these uh, spicy elements. Right. And this works fine. And then we went to mustard seeds. Okay. And we used vinegar. Instead uh -huh. of water, sprayed this on, on the mustard seeds. And this was really a surprising effect because uh, the guy looked at the result and said, where's the vinegar? He thought we forgot the vinegar, but actually it was picked up immediately by the mustard seeds. So just as an inquisitive bystander, I have no idea how to make mustard. Do you uh, actually soak it in vinegar? What do you do? The point is, uh, you need to soak it in vinegar before you go to a mill. Oh, and wow. This, this soaking takes usually 12 hours, and we cut oh this to practically zero. Wow. And can you do the same to grains as well? Have you done that? We, we can hydrate grain. It will pick up approximately 20% uh, of water immediately, which is a little bit too high for a normal tempering process but we have a very intense washing uh -huh. and uh, we can reduce the tempering time and uh, there will be work done which milling process fits best to this first start of the milling process. Right, so you can actually reduce tempering time from eight hours to four hours you said maybe? It depends no? on, on the hardness. Uh, yeah, that's true. It can be very different but uh, if, if we had let's say eight hours before we can cut down to two to three hours wow that's i think that's amazing we haven't talked about that since we recorded this podcast in series two number one we, t we opened with your interview um, so this is a recent development what else in dough can you update us on in terms of repeater jet New developments. Um, yeah, we're, we're still expanding our experience. Uh, we have had been working with low protein flour the last couple of weeks, which is uh, completely different to the US standard high protein flour. And we had to adjust uh, all the parameters to fit into the baking. And with a few adaptations, we, we came pretty close to the quality the customer wanted to have. Um, we will definitely work on baking improvers in the near future um, because it's, it's not really convenient if you get a baking improver mix from the customer and uh, you don't know what it is. Okay. So you can, cannot draw any conclusions. That's true. And what we think is that we should have a tailored baking improver system with the right amounts of emulsifiers or um, enzymes the right mix of uh, cysteine or ascorbic acid or whatever helps um, true. to develop dough and to give the cell structure the customers want to achieve. And that's true. Are you working with anyone currently? Um, we will. We, we are looking on everything at the moment okay. because we want to have a, 
uh, some statements which single ingredients work best and then we will focus on which combination works best. Okay. I'll hook you up on that one. If you need anybody, I can hook you up yeah, on that sure. one. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for your help. We got lots of people working in a dough conditioning line. Yeah, I've read all the articles about uh, the, the gluten uh, gluten emulsifier. Oh my gosh, that one, the Arise 8100. It's just amazing. You got to try at least that one. And this is definitely on the oh list. Oh my goodness. Testing. Yeah, that is definitely one you have to try. Um, and, and, you know, it's just seeing that. So many people in this field are already cleaning up their labels. So, you know, it's almost making SSL and Datum the untouchables, right? Like, you don't touch those anymore. Yeah. You don't touch ADA anymore. You don't touch a lot of those things. So, it, it, yeah, you got to go organic or, you know, pretty much clean, like ascorbic acid. Um, you know, there is a... Um, there is a... Uh, debate on L-cysteine, right? I know the chicken feathers. Right, debate. but I've, so, I've found a source of non-chicken feathers, vegan L-cysteine. So unless you can get over the hurdle in people's mind that the first thing that comes to their mind is feathers, then L-cysteine can be used also in a very good way. Yeah, from a neutral point of view, uh, L-cysteine is just an amino acid. It's a, it's a natural exactly. curing ingredient <laughs> you have in your body. Every exactly. single cell of your body I has I can't agree more with you. Yeah, I can't, I can't agree more with that statement. So, um, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of ingredient technology or... Um, actually, there. <laughs> I just had a, a chat with somebody from the Improver uh, company side, and we came up with an idea uh, for um, hydration of wheat berries uh, before tempering, and to add an enzyme on this oh. to achieve special effects. But this is uh, still not developed. But it's it's a very interesting idea because we need to bring the enzymes uh, to layers below the very first layer. Um, that's the, the, the point, the enzyme shall react. Right. And if we are able to shoot the enzymes more deeply inside the product, it should be a good benefit. Right. You know what you should be shooting is like the enzyme into the dough. That's what you should be doing. <laughs> 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 to make it work and react fast and on the spot. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's so interesting, the enzymes, um, because if we hydrate a flour with high pressure, uh, we find changes in the, in the dough properties within five to ten minutes, which are really significant. So if I want to pull a window directly, um, I, I can do this, but it, it, it breaks uh, easily. If I wait five or ten minutes, it's a completely different picture. A completely different picture and this is because the enzymes have time to work they, they start their action in a normal mixing process right from the beginning right. and we don't allow this time if we hydrate instantly so we should consider uh, some time after rapido chat just to develop uh, all the, the actions of the enzymes great thank you for stopping by today okay. thank you for, thank you for talking with me thanks 
This episode is sponsored in part by Bakery Concepts International, the maker of RapidoJet. RapidoJet is the first technology to effectively and instantly hydrate dry ingredients. I've seen this technology work, and the most impressive thing about it is that it hydrates bran instantly. Yeah, no more mixing than soaking bran for four hours. Use that extra space for something else because RapidoJet hydrates everything for you. To learn more, contact K-E-N at bakeryconcepts.net. Up next, Yolk Trouble from Aston Foods. So Yolk, I have a question for you in terms of your technology. What makes it innovative? The innovation sits in the process part that allows a completely new approach to baking. It's vacuum cooling, but um, it's not described only by cooling. It's uh, related very closely to baking because of uh, the physical principles that um, lie behind the cooling process. So you're talking about vacuum cooling. It's not new. I mean, we have batch vacuum cooling systems in in the industry right now. What makes yours so unique and so innovative? Vacuum cooling is uh, not new, uh, even in the bakery industry, it has been around maybe some uh, 10, 15 years ago, whereas at that time, the uh, technology did not reach a uh, status that was uh, satisfying for the high requirements of uh, the bakery industry. However, especially in the last um, three to four years, um, significant improvements have been made, um, especially in um, hardware, software, and process control, so in the overall um, value um, proposition of uh, the technology. So, Yoke, you're the CEO of Ashton Foods, correct? And could you tell our listeners a little bit more about how long Ashton Foods has been in the industry of cooling and what is so different about your company? Aston Foods is uh, on the market for about 10 years and um, wow. therefore That's being uh, truly a um, an early adopter and a pioneer uh, in this um, technology. Um, it was in uh, 2012 that um, it has been taken over by the current owner who developed um, and invested heavily in the product and market development so that today we can say we have um, state-of-the-art product and process that um, is ready to do the next big step because today, yes, we're still only existent in a niche. Wow. Now, um, for a lot of our listeners who look at this system and don't want to, you know, um, understand its uh, the, the credits that come with it, the opportunities, the advantages. After all, it's it's probably you know two times more expensive than a regular cooling system, don't you think? We realize that um, the price at the beginning is very often a point of discussion, if not even an issue. Correct. It's always the discussion. Indeed it is. And um, what we hear very often, especially at the uh, commercial bakery side, that they claim that for this price, they can uh, buy another four or even five rack ovens. And um, being asked if then they can also sell these additional products. Then, Uh of course, they start to realize that this would not be the case. But if we show them that uh, the quality of the products that they would produce with vacuum cooling or a combined baking vacuum cooling process, then they start realizing that this is a game changer. Okay, so it's not two times more than the regular cooling system, how, um, if how we, much more? If we uh, look at um, amortization, uh, right. we can use the figure two because uh, usually it's around two years. Oh, okay, that's and, short. Um, 
a reasonable investment in um, vacuum cooling technology starts uh, already around uh, 200k wow. US dollars. That okay. is. Um, so um, that's not everybody can so do the much expen more expensive than I thought it would be. Um, it reduces the cooling time significantly from a usual, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour for certain loaf products. Um, how long would it take for a loaf product, like a, a one, one to two pound loaf bread, to cool in this particular cooling system? You're right. The reduction of cooling time is one of the main features. And um, whereas you have to cool uh, in ambient air or right. um, on a belt, maybe one to two hours, we can do that within two or three minutes. Wow. Coming down from uh, 98 degrees Celsius core temperature to either 35 or maybe 50 degrees, depending on the further processing of the product. Interesting, but wouldn't that dry out the product? You might think so, because... Um, the uh, physics process is that uh, the water that is evaporating during the vacuum cooling is transporting water away from the product. So here Correct. kicks in the additional advantage of vacuum cooling technology because we don't have to, we can reduce baking time. And also oh, this is a significant okay. step because we're not talking uh, 1 or 5%, we talk about rather 10 to 30% depending on the product. Wow, so you're going to reduce the baking time to keep the moisture in and then extract the moisture into the vacuum cooling side of things. Exactly. By okay, doing so, so, so that you don't dry it out. Exactly. Okay, By doing got it. so, in the end, you have again the correct water balance. Correct. Only that it's better distributed within the product and held within the product by a very formed and defined crust, which allows us to have a longer shelf life. Wow. Um, so basically, we free up the bottleneck. Usually the oven is the bottleneck of every bakery I go to, right? I mean, it's like you basically, when you use this cooling system, you open up the bottleneck, the output increases, basically. So that is a huge favor to all the bakeries out there on how I see it. And I, I think you're going to get the ROI faster than what you're saying here. <laughs> I would um, like to tell you about a very specific business case. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a client with 12 rack ovens and today two vacuum cooling chambers. Now, this client wants to increase his production capacity. So what he's doing is he gets rid of two rack ovens and buys one vacuum chamber, wow. thus freeing more production capacity in his remaining rack ovens. So that's how this whole thing really works and um, how the cost also gets a lot more relative. That, that is quite amazing. You know, um, I think what you have here is um, it's very eye-opening for a lot of bakers because they don't think that way. You know, they think cooling as an ambient cooling. They think, you know, um, oven, oven, you need to bake to a certain temperature, certain time. Um, a certain uh, a certain color, you know, but I think with all that, even with thermal profiling being used, we could significantly cut back baking time, increase the baking temperature, and really use this cooling system to extract and cool the bread. I think you've like successfully reduced the entire processing time by at least twenty percent. 
Am I correct? I think that's um, more or less correct. And um, oh there are gosh. two main questions. What will the bakers do with the food yeah, capacity exactly. of the oven <laughs> on the one side? And with the two hours that they gain in the middle of the night, will they allow their staff to start later? Yep. Will they leverage the effect of paying less additional um, uh, money for overtime? I think they will do. Um, we appreciate what did, what did your customer do? Um, that's what, what they do. Oh, they did that. <laughs> That's what can be observed. So uh, oh I'm my talking goodness. about market experience, of course, mainly in Europe, but um, also from our clients in uh, Japan on the one side or um, Colombia, Mexico and uh, Panama on the other side. We basically receive this message. Wow. And um, we appreciate, of course, what bakers are thinking and how they experience their baking world during the last decades. And this is also our main point of um, consideration that we have to convince them that this change will bring a lot of benefits, that it might be additional effort, at least during transition time, to adjust processes, to develop oh, a new absolutely. baking profile, right. uh, to um, make people aware that goods coming out of the oven should go to a vacuum cooling as soon as possible right. and should go out of a tin or away from a tray after vacuum cooling right. as soon as possible right. because these are still hot. Correct, correct. Well, what, what, what you have here has absolutely blown my mind. Thank you for talking to me today and um, coming here and let me interview you about your new innovation line. I, I really think that um, continuous vacuum cooling is something that bakers should really look at. So how can they find out more about your products? Can I go onto YouTube and look at the cooling system? Do you have a video there? There are videos available on YouTube um, looking for Aston Foods Continuous Operation or Aston Large as okay. uh, the model type is called okay, or so via the homepage. Right, so it's A-S-T-O-N, correct? And um, how, can, uh, how can our listeners further reach out to you? Um, we'll be happy to um, accept any contact uh, via email, info at astonfoods.com, and also my personal telephone number is available on the homepage. Okay, great. And we'll have your contact email and our podcast notes as well. Thank you, Excellent. Gil. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Hey, let's take a break from the crowds at EBA and thank our sponsor, Bakery Concepts International, for bringing this episode to you. The makers of Rapido Jet would like to invite you to test their technology at your bakery. To see the amazing Rapido Jet in action, request for a demonstration at your plant today. Call Ken Schwanger at 610-574-9565 or KEN at bakeryconcepts.net. Up next, you will learn about an innovative new fiber from the most unusual source, chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. Here's Wittig Pasuka from Interfiber. Hello, Wittig. Hello, Lynn. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me today at it's EBA. A um, I pulled you aside because I heard you have interesting new uh, fiber products. Oh, yes, we do. Well, can you start with um, an, an example of an innovation that you guys just worked on recently? Yes, I would uh, like to start with our cocoa fiber. Okay. Uh, it's a very interesting product. We obtain it from uh, cocoa husk. Right. Uh, we sterilize it as well to improve the microbiology uh, values. 
and um, initially we wanted to market it as a label-friendly colorant for the baking industry. Uh-huh. Uh, to our uh, surprise, it turned out it has a lot of flavor. Uh-huh. And its potential is, goes much uh, beyond being just a colorant. Right. Because it, uh, this cocoa fiber from us can replace uh, cocoa powder, standard cocoa powder, up to 100%. Wow. On one-on-one basis. That's, that's amazing to me because I did uh, do a LinkedIn shout-out to that and I got a lot of likes and comments on that particular post. That's why I wanted to get you on today. Um, why cocoa? Why cocoa fiber? How did you guys find that out? Oh, it was a little bit by accident, I would say. Um, one of my colleagues uh, knew about a possible source of fiber, uh-huh. uh, source of good quality husk, uh-huh. and uh, we decided to pursue that. And uh, initially, as I said, we thought it's just, just possibly a colorant, a dark colored powder that could be used to give color to some bakery products. But uh, then it turned out there is a lot of flavor, and then we realized uh, there is also a cost benefit between uh, really? cocoa powder and our How much fiber. of a cost benefit? Uh, at the moment, it will depend on the place of delivery, etc. But we believe the final user could um, economize up to 30%. Wow, that's huge cost savings. So you're talking like in an application for like a, a chocolate cupcake or... Exactly. Something like that? Cocoa cake, uh, sponge cake, cookie by all means, yes. Wow. We have not tested it in chocolate or coatings yet. Haven't had time for that. I think that's a huge application too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Here at EBA, I've spoken to some uh, potential... Um, users right. and the interest is enormous. I must. I say. know. I know. I'm so excited about that cocoa fiber. It's just I can't sit down. I, I keep talking about it. So that's so why I need to get it's, you it's on. It's product. I mean, it is. The, 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 the sales and the, the emails I get like 70% of my emails by daily is about cocoa fiber. <laughs> so you can imagine. It's you see what innovation does to your product line. <laughs> it sure does. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. So when you. Um, uh, talk more about, for example, like using it in coatings and um, chocolate products. Hey, you know, send some over to me in the U.S. because I would love to taste that stuff. We sure will share <laughs> all the findings we have. Thank you. Um, you also have a very unique product with, uh, uh, it's a byproduct of flaxseed. Is that correct? It is true. I will just come back to cocoa for a second. Oh, okay. Uh, it must be said that uh, here we do a lot on sustainability as well because this our raw That's material. That's true. You just throw away the cocoa husks, right? It yes, uh, where possible it was used as animal feed, but uh, let's say most of it was just thrown away. Yeah. So we're able to sort of make it a usable. Uh, interesting innovative product again so very good so that's that's a very interesting yeah i mean that's a great sustainability story that anybody can it is. tell you it know is. that's awesome it's a bit similar with the uh, flaxseed fiber as well okay um because the product is um we the, the raw material is partially defatted uh, flaxseed powder uh-huh. uh, that we process ourselves we micronize we sterilize um and it offers very interesting functionality in the bread industry. Uh-huh. 
Um, especially, we believe that the biggest potential could be in um, gluten-free product because of its gelling capacity. That's light true. gelling capacity. Right, right. Yeah, you can increase the fiber in gluten-free products using flaxseed meal. Yes, actually. and also because it offers a little bit of gelling. Yeah, and also flaxseed is uh, rich in protein. Do you do you retain all that pro nice protein amino exactly. acid profile? Yes, it's okay. more than 30% protein in, wow. in the product. So it's That's very amazing. interesting. High protein, high fiber. That's a good application. It right also there. gives a bit of interesting color to the product. That's true. Yeah. Is it like kind of brownish? Uh, Grayish brown, but in the end, product is uh, let's say seems like uh, um, wholemeal bread okay. without using any wholemeal actually. Wow, that's exciting! It's, it's very wholemeal bread with a wholemeal. Just flax. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we also use this product in uh, combination with some uh, of our other um, fibers for a variety of benefits. Right. So the. Um, um, Wheat fiber could be used as freshness improver, uh -huh. uh, so extend, prolong the feeling of freshness. Okay. And the flaxseed is for function, and then there is a bit of yield improvement. Well, you know, anyone looks at a product with flaxseed flax on the label, I mean, immediately jumps to you as healthy. You know, if anything, just having it on the label really helps, you know, a, you, the selling point of your product, exactly. right? Exactly. It's very label friendly. Yeah, it's very label friendly. Um, are there any other interesting fibers in your company that we should be talking about? I would say about? all the fibers are very interesting, uh, depending on the application. Uh, but uh, we have one more new thing, one more new product. We have just launched non-refined oat fiber. Okay which is a very cost-effective way of introducing fiber into uh, especially bakery products. Right, and you're the only ones doing this here? As far as I know, to the best of my knowledge, we're the only ones in Europe. In Europe, that's great. So why do you call it non-refined oats? It's obtained fiber. from uh, oat husk. We do not bleach it, so it has a brownish color. Oh, wow, uh, so okay. It's just mechanical process of uh, micronizing it and um, uh, we also heat sterilize it okay so it's a very pure product in terms yes. of process or chemicals wow that's interesting so we have a yeah. lot of interest in uh, as natural product as can be yeah so this comes into that natural family interesting so that's normally awesome. oat husk i wouldn't call it exactly edible <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but after our process, it can be easily implemented into a variety of recipes like cookies, breads. Um, well, we have some other ideas, but before they are checked, uh, I'm, I'd rather not to... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you guys are very innovative. What else, um, what other kinds of fibers do you have in your portfolio? Uh, we have, uh, from the refined family, we have uh, wheat fiber, oat fiber, cellulose powder, obviously, uh -huh. um, bamboo, and sugarcane as well. Which bamboo? Is a Why yes. would anyone buy bamboo fiber? Oh, mainly this is, uh, this is uh, in countries where, um, or applications that are very gluten conscious. Oh, I so see. Okay. Majority of clients, for example, in, uh, in Italy, 
majority of clients use bamboo both for bakery, meat, pasta applications, Amazing. fillings and so on and so on. Really? Just well, our wheat fiber is gluten-free. But yeah. no one really in Italy, no one wants wheat on the label if they don't really have to. Oh wow. So, okay. so the clients turn for bamboo which offers the same functionality but better labeling. Our consumers here in Europe, are they like okay with eating bamboo? It seems it has a healthy appeal. Really? There are no worries <laughs> about gluten, no, no worries it. about allergens. I know. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, in Asian cuisine, uh, bamboo shoots yeah, are we, often used. Yeah, we eat a lot so. of bamboo shoots, so it should be somewhat relatable in food. <laughs> Yes, that, that's, awesome. that's the reason. So I love how um, your company is so uh, has such a rich, sustainable story um, in all the ingredients, especially your cocoa fiber. If they want to learn more, can they get uh, samples from you guys? Of course, that's uh, part of the job. Right. You know, I, I don't want to assume that all our listeners can get samples from you. I need to ask for permission, right? Um, if they have questions, where can they go to? Uh, the easiest way is to visit our website. There is a place for contacting us and uh, that's the easiest way to ask for samples. Okay. Um, the, the website is interfiber.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-I-B-E-R.com. Right. And would they have any kind of assistance, like technical support, if they need any from your, from your end? Of course, there's, it's part of the job again. We have right. um, some meat technologists as okay. well as bakery technologists. Very cool. And uh, we have some specialists for uh, other applications like in sauces or fillings. We have a variety of uh, material Yeah. and uh, we're ready to help. That's awesome. Well, we, thanks. We're excited to solve uh, your problems yeah. in, in, in terms of technology, etc. Okay. Thanks for coming by, Witek. It was my pleasure. Good to see you. Good to see you too. One last shout out to Parados. Parados research shows one out of every four consumers fear that food will become less natural by the year 2025. Yes, you heard that right. It's time now to look at natural and clean label solutions. The Parados Corporation offers an innovative range of cleaner label products and expertise for customers in the bakery, patisserie, and chocolate sectors. But above all, they aim to be reliable partners in food innovation across the country to help their customers deliver nutritious, tasty food to their local communities. For more information, check out parados.us, that is P-U-R-A-T-O-S dot U-S, or call 856-428-4300. Whoa, that was quite a show. I would like to thank everyone who met me here at IBA in Munich. The live feeds on LinkedIn were really amazing. Some were viewed over 7,000 times, so go check out my feed to see them. And I do apologize if I couldn't get your request in time to do an interview at your booth. Some of you gotta give me more time to respond. Well, it's time to end this long episode so that I can head over to the beer garden to meet my baker friends for Oktoberfest. Till the next episode, bakers. Good bucking! <laughs>